Today we begin a a nine-week journey that is centered on Jesus' Bread of Life discourse in uh, the sixth chapter of John. So this week and next we hear from Mark that that helped lead us into that, and then we'll spend five weeks focusing on on this particular Bread of Life discourse in John, and then two weeks that that sort of help us to, to move out of that all. Uh, to help us understand, well, you know, who we are called to be. And, and we only get to do this uh, every three years uh, with the Gospel of Mark and the combination of John in the summertime. So it, it's a time for us to, to pay attention as we see that evangelization, and that's something that we are all called to be about. Uh, you know, so as we take time to see that it begins and it it leads to Jesus Christ himself. In other words, we go out from Jesus and we return to Jesus. And worship, and that's why it's so important for us as Catholic Christians to be here, worship strengthens us for witness. And witness then compels our return to worship. You know, this is where we, we find the strength then to go out and, and do what the Lord asks us to do. And you know, this whole idea of evangelization is very important uh, for all to, to understand because each and every one of you is an evangelizer. Uh, in October, we begin a year of faith as uh, uh, Benedict, Pope Benedict has asked us to set aside. So it's, it's going to be a focus on Uh, how we can uh, newly evangelize the world. And the primary focus is on those Catholics who have left the church. So it's called the new evangelization, an opportunity, a time for us to reinvigorate our faith and our church within our very own selves and, of course, uh, with the whole purpose, as Jesus meant for us to do, to change this world that we live in. John Paul II wrote two encyclicals on mission. And and we've been reminded over the last few weeks about mission as our young men and women have gone off to to do some work out in the world. And that's not just about, you know, cleaning up uh, a building lot. Uh, It's not just about going and and, and helping to feed the poor, but it's, it's also in doing that to help others see Christ through and in them. So these these two encyclicals on mission remind us that mission, or spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, is of the very nature of the church. It's our purpose. And it's what each and every one of us was baptized to do. It's not just the clergy that are supposed to be out there spreading the good news, but all of us. And to be a Christian means being one who is sent by God to proclaim his salvation to others. You know, you as spouses, um, I I may have said this in here before, and I I don't recall whether I do or not, but you as spouses, you know, you're responsible for getting one another to heaven. And that's about evangelizing, That's, that's mission getting your children to heaven, getting the folks in your workplace to heaven. 
John Paul said, he says, no believer in Christ, no institution of the church can avoid this supreme duty. And that is to proclaim Christ to all people. Unfortunately, one thing which prevents us from sensing this urgency is the feeling that as long as people have goodwill, that, I know I'm going to cause people to itch here, that one religion is pretty much as good as another. And that is not true. Our faith, was founded by Jesus Christ, who is God. And there is no other faith on this earth founded by God. So when we talk about faith and we talk about, you know, that that all of us should be happy to live together, yes, we should, and it's, it's God's grace that helps that to happen. But to say that any other faith is equal to ours is not of the truth. You know, we've learned tolerance for a wide variety of beliefs and and practices in this great country of ours, so that the thought then of going public with our faith, with our religious beliefs, is distinctly unpopular. You know, the rest of the folks out there don't want to hear from us as Catholic Christians. And when they do hear from us, they itch. They get upset because of who we are trying to help them to be. And even within our own congregation, we don't want to talk about our faith. I can assure you that I have lost many friends because of the strength and the power of my belief in Jesus Christ and talking about that. I think everybody knows here that you know, I lived in a, a different world before I became a priest and um, associated with many folks who I thought were my friends, but as my faith became more important to me and I shared it with them, they're not friends anymore. And that's, you know, it's very unfortunate, certainly. You know, we as Catholic Christians, and again, I know I have talked about this in here before, we have what I call a Masonic mentality. And a Masonic mentality is one in which you don't talk about religion or politics. You've heard that, I'm sure. Because when you do, you lose friends. A few weeks ago, I was uh, pushing for people to go see a movie for greater glory about the struggle of the church in Mexico in the 1920s and 30s. And what was so horrible about that struggle was that it was the government trying to close down the church. And that was a government that was influenced by the Masons. And they were trying to, you know, to, to get rid of the truth of the Catholic faith from amongst the people of Mexico. And obviously it didn't succeed. It will never succeed. The French Revolution is based in those same thoughts. And, and, you know, there are terrible things that go on out there. And as long as we shut down and, and fall into this kind of uh, a mentality, you know, Christ cannot be more present in our world. This great nation of ours was founded nearly 
all of the founders were Masons, and their philosophy, their philosophy permeates our way of being as Americans. You know, believe in God, but, but for goodness sake, don't talk about it. And that's the, the tolerance that we talk about here in this country. And, and we as Catholics are perhaps the, the best at following their advice. And it couldn't be further from the truth of what we are called to be about. Our faith requires much of us as members of Christ's body. So why then is it that some groups, you know, we've got the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Muslims, they're out there, they're out there talking about their faith. Why can't we go out and do the same thing? Why do we not have that same sense of mission? Of mission, the mission that Christ calls us to be about, to evangelize, to change the world in his image. Running through our first reading and the gospel for today is the conviction that, that God has a definite plan for this world. And he uses us humans as instruments to help bring that about. And we see the 12 today engaged in the, the, the very same activity as Jesus himself. And those guys, they had to have been scared to death to go out there and preach what Jesus was preaching. You know, as long as they could sit at his feet and, and watch him do it, there was some safety in that. But then when he asked them to, to go out there and do it themselves, can you imagine what they felt like? Preaching repentance, healing ills, but they go out and they do it. They're successful at it. You know, the, the mission of the gospel is to preach repentance. We hear that today. If we, and if we understand repentance as only coming to remorse about our sinfulness, then we've misunderstood something. To repent means to change. And we are to preach change. And the change that we are called to preach is to change the world we know into God's kingdom. A kingdom known for its justice, it's mercy, it's love. We are called, uh, well, quite frankly, to be Amos, a prophet we hear about in our first reading today. We've been hearing about him for, for several weeks now in the daily readings as well. You know, all of us should be giving time, not just our kids, but all of us to serve the poor and to, to point out the injustice, whether the injustice is at work or in our government, or halfway around the globe in Honduras or, or other places where we find associations, or not. Now, Jesus may have been rejected, as last week's gospel, and Amos is rejected. He meets his death because of following and preaching the Lord. But but he still continued to do that even though the threat was there, just as Jesus did to bring his message to the world. And given the generally poor showing of the disciples in Mark's gospel, here Jesus offers an alternative, or Mark, I should say, offers an alternative to betrayal or running away when the going gets tough. 
And we can be true to the gospel and become its faithful witnesses in the world, and, and that is what we are supposed to be. An interesting note here is that this is the only time in Mark's gospel that Mark uses the term apostle when Jesus is sending the 12 out on mission. And they are apostles because they are sent. That's what the word means. And Luke, and this is another gospel, tends to equate the apostles with the 12. And even we today, of course, tend to uh, speak of the 12 apostles as though there were no others. But Paul and Barnabas and those who were the, uh, the writers of the gospel, uh, they are all, along with many others, able to lay claim to this title. Those that Jesus sent, as we hear today, went two by two. And that was both to validate their witness and to exemplify their being a part of a community of faith, just as each and every one of us are, this community of St. Margaret of York, the, the greater community that we call our Catholic Church. And those who were sent, they traveled light, both because the mission was short and as a sign of their reliance on God alone. And they're told not to delay over those who reject them, but to, to shake the dust from their feet and to move on to more fertile fields serving those then who were responsive to their message. Now there is little doubt that our prayer today asks us to focus on the mission of the church. And when Christians, when we are dismissed at the end of Mass, and again I know that I've said this many times, we're dismissed to go out there and to, to serve the Lord. And it's more than just a simple invitation to live your faith in the privacy of your own home. It's a challenge. It's a great challenge to go out and transform this world that we live in, to, to call it to repentance, to change. You know, we are not Masons. And we are more than just Americans. We're Catholic Americans. And we need to revive the urgent sense of mission that permeates the gospel today. The sparseness of material support indicates both an eschatological haste, or in other words, you know, the, the notion, the idea that the kingdom is coming soon. And we had better be ready. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. So don't mess around. Go out there and do what needs to be done now. And tr totally trust in God as you go out to do it. We don't act not in self-interest, but to be good stewards, to act in fidelity to the one who has called us, to the one who has saved us. In some places, it is obvious that we must deliver the word of God even in the teeth of opposition from governments. And, uh, well, I won't go into that. 
But for the most part, that is not the case here in our country. You know, we, we meet, we do, with ridicule as we try to share our faith as Americans and as Catholics. And we need to be brave. We need to go out there and talk about our faith. You need to talk about all of the things that, uh, you know, people, uh, well, quite frankly, I think, make fun of us for and think that we're a little nuts and, uh, you know, wonder how, how can you follow those things? How can you do those things? It, wouldn't it be better to just be free and to be joy-filled? when in reality those things that we believe in allow us true freedom and true joy. You know, when you go out there and, and talk about the death penalty and your opposition to it, when you go out there and talk about your opposition to war, your opposition to abortion and contraception, when you go out there and talk about the joys of natural family planning or your opposition to, um, to the gay lifestyle, at best, you are greeted with indifference. But none of these obstacles should prevent us from remaining faithful to truth, the truth that, that has set us free, and to offer that same salvation to others. It might be good to remind ourselves that, that the men who Jesus sent out were hardly paragons of virtue and ability. The entire Gospel of Mark shows us more than any other gospel, how flawed those men were and how lacking in understanding they were of Jesus. But that didn't prevent God from sending them out as his instruments. If we wait until we feel ready to do that, then we will probably go through life accomplishing absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God. I believe.